everybody welcome back to another episode of player to player here in nerdy northerners where every week we talk about the latest gaming news and we also have one major point of discussion at the point of every night i'm jake one of your hosts tonight and i'm also joined by my co-host wes how's it going everybody danny hey everyone welcome back and normally we have will here but tonight we're joined by alex good evening ladies and gentlemen good to be here so tonight, one of our main topics, or the main topic of tonight, is going to be open world games. Last week we were discussing uh, that it would be the topic of this week, something we're looking forward to, because a lot of games are finding themselves gravitating towards open world. Recently, something we're going to be uh, just talking about here in a few minutes is that Diablo 4 is having open world concept to it as well. Normally not a game that has that open worldness. Uh, you're looking at a game such as Grand Theft Auto or um, uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, those kind of games of the open world, and you start thinking how they're going to add Diablo like that. It's very interesting. But what we're going to be discussing is, is it the right fit for every game, the pros, the cons? And we're going to be hearing everyone else's opinions on it because there are some in the room here who don't like open world games. You're going to hear more about that in just a little bit. But before we get to that, we are going to be discussing the weekly news here. There's been a lot, and uh, I hope you gents are ready because it's a doozy this week. So hot and heavy, and I'm pretty sure this happened either the next day. I believe it was Tuesday it happened on, uh, judging by the date. But it's Microsoft, sh sh uh, or Microsoft shut down Mixer. And by shutting down Mixer, Ninja and all the other streamers who Microsoft over the last year had gravitated over towards uh, playing on Mixer with contracts, they're now free to go and stream anywhere else. And those who were on Mixer are promoted to go to Facebook Gaming. So Mixer is Microsoft who owns Mixer. They're pulling the plug. They're dusting off their hands. They're walking away and they're telling everyone, hey, head over to Facebook Gaming. It's really big for Facebook gaming. Uh, surprising move from Microsoft given the fact that they are just trying to beef up Mixer. Although maybe because there's too much competition with YouTube gaming, Facebook gaming, Twitch, and Microsoft trying to compete with Mixer. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Wes? Uh, I mean, I, it, it was very surprising uh, when they announced this. and It, it was very <laughs> much like a Hey everybody, we're shutting the door. Uh, today's the last day, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which wasn't communicated to a lot of the streamers. Um, it, you know, the big ones like like Shroud and, and Ninja. Apparently, they got their money, uh, and then were given free pass to go wherever they wanted. We had a lot of streamers that were streaming that day on Mixer and finding out the news, and I, I saw plenty of streamers just outright in tears because this is the you know they poured their heart and soul into this. And to have the rug pulled out from them like that is, it, it's it's tough to tough to see. Um, and you know certainly there there's better ways to go about this. Um, unfortunately, that's also you know one of the pitfalls of of hanging your hat on someone else's platform. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's a really kind of crappy thing to see. Uh, my concern from all of this is. Uh, how much facebook integration we is is this maybe like a, a start of a facebook integration into xbox one series x that's an interesting thought to have danny what do you have to think um 
yeah, it's always bad when something like that happens, like Wes pointed out. Uh, these streamers, you know, that could be their main job kind of thing. And, you know, right now, until they have a certain uh, a certain future, they, they're they pretty much in that uh, limbo of what's going to happen next. Um, now, I, I, I had seriously had no idea that Ninja was still... Uh, was still doing his stream stuff. I know he was really big in Fortnite, and then his name just kind of vanished. So uh, it's kind of surprising you guys brought that up. I, like I said, I didn't. Uh, I had no idea he was back. But yeah, this is something that you know it. You never want to see something like that happen. You don't want to see the the worst happen to people. Um, but you know, it's it's one thing. Like, uh, it, who knows if this could be Microsoft's way of uh, of uh, like Wes said, integrating it to it. So. It's a it's a wait and see game. Absolutely, there, Alex. What do you think? Well, I do agree with both Danny and Wes that this basically is I don't want to say a wake up call, but it just came out of nowhere, like an RKO out of nowhere. Uh, the Twitch stream, the Twitch streamers, the streamers for the mixer just just out of nowhere, seeing that mixer is just out of the just pulled the plug, seeing that. Um, According to CNN source here, Microsoft is shutting down its video game streaming platform, Mixer, after its growth failed to meet the company's expectations. Now, that just led me to believe something like, is Twitch too big for Mixer, or does Microsoft not know exactly what, you know, the audience is looking for, is just, or is just like an oversaturation of Twitch streamers or streaming in general? So you wonder if Facebook would take this and try to outdo you know, it's competition because that's in the very end. You have to think to yourself, how what can your product do to beat the competition at the very end? I just want to see and I want to wait and see what happens from there. It's definitely interesting. along those lines, though. Like Microsoft did have some very cool ideas in with Mixer. They had some uh, Forza integration where you could get experience for your Forza profile by watching Forza streams. Okay. So you watch the stream and you'd be getting in-game progress just by watching someone else play the game. It's pretty cool. Now, mind you, that stuff gets gamed, of course, because, you know, we we play video games. We've been taught from a young age to min-max this crap. But, yeah. like, it, I thought that was just a really cool way of getting people to, like, hey, you're, you're enjoying this game over here. Hey, you know, you're probably going to be watching some streams. I do that all the time when I'm playing through a game. You know, it, it seems like a great a great sort of match to do that sort of thing. Uh, that was a really smart move. It's going to be very interesting seeing that Microsoft has thrown their weight behind Facebook out of all of this going on. Again, YouTube is already doing their own thing. That's Google. You got to see who's at play here. So basically you have YouTube and Google. You have Facebook, which is Facebook. <laughs> uh, and then you have Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. So you have three big corporations backing three big major streaming platforms, and and it makes sense for Microsoft to back themselves out of that. And you know, I'd like to see whether or not Nintendo or Sony will gravitate towards one of those other three platforms more than the other. I I pers I personally think that Twitch and PlayStation make a lot of sense. Um, but. I don't. It, it, well, I'll have to wait and see because at this point in time, I think you guys are right there with the Xbox Series X having some kind of collaboration or integration with uh, Facebook Gaming. Moving on, though, uh, big news was supposed to be announced on Wednesday in the Pokemon Verse. 
and it has left a lot of people angry pokemon unite was announced it is a moba style pokemon game that is coming out developed by the pokemon company as well as tencent uh tencent owns such companies as riot games who makes like league of legends and the newly uh released valorant so it looks like it's an interesting game but a lot of people are frustrated danny i'm gonna throw this one to you i know you're a nintendo uh nintendo fan have you, if you've seen the trailer, what do you think about it? And if you haven't, what do you think about the reaction so far? Uh, well, I, I have seen the, uh, the preview for it, and I'm, I'm one of those people who, uh, who agree with the crowds. Uh, I couldn't believe that that was their um, killer thing for that day. Uh, a lot of us were expecting a completely different announcement. Um, like I said, that game for me is more like... Um, I don't know. There, there's not even a way of classifying what that game is. Uh, it brings a lot of cool ideas into the Pokemon universe, but it also leaves the uh, the uh, thing in your mind. is like they could have done so much more. They, it could have been something amazing for the hype that it got. Uh, yeah, it was it was a complete letdown, and I I, I don't see. Um, I'm sure there will be people who want to play it. But there are a lot of fans out there uh, who are completely uh, feel, uh, how do you say it, like, oh, there's not even a perfect way to say it. Even for me, I don't even know how to put it. But yeah, it was, it was a complete letdown. I, I think I watched it, the preview for less than 30 seconds and I shut it off. Um, but yeah, uh, for, for me as a Pokemon guy, as a Nintendo fan, uh, I am. It's a complete pass for me. What about you, there, Alex? Regarding this, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Pokemon Unite is going to be some sort of a League of Legends MOBA type of game, correct? Basically, what it is, yeah. Yeah. Now that's um, that's a pretty ballsy thing to do because that's um, a totally different uh, landscape we're going. Because Pokemon to me was more that one-on-one -on -one kind of deal you're six against their six and you control it kind of thing with a moba i don't know that's gonna be a whole new ball game for everybody it's gonna be for the even the biggest pokemon fanatic it's gonna be a big change for them to just get adjusted to it mm -hmm. what are we there wes so i i i want to make sure that i'm clear on this the the backlash to this is that it, you know, it was a hyped up big announcement and it's a MOBA that nobody wants. So for, for more clarification on, on there's a few backlashes. Uh, the first backlash is that last week um, when Pokemon Isle of Armor was released, uh, sorry, not last week, this would have been on uh, the 17th of June. On the 17th of June, when the Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Isle of Armor was released, they had a broadcast. And at this broadcast, they announced a bunch of new games, Pokemon Smile, Pokemon Cafe, those kind of things. And there was a lot of speculation that because they also said, hey, join us next Wednesday, we have an even bigger announcement. And then there was a lot of speculation because all the plushies behind, uh, behind him were all of Johto. So they were featuring, you know, the dogs they had. Uh, Sylveon and Espeon covering Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, like a game copy of it. So a lot of people were sitting there thinking, well, that must mean that what we're going to be seeing is a Let's Go 
Baby Meryl, Let's Go Pichu game released. And so that was the first big thing. And then the second has to do with Tencent. Now, Tencent is a Chinese-owned company, and they've been involved with a few controversies. Uh, they're related to the ongoing Top Gun one. They There's a lot of business practices some people find very... Um, poor they, they have they have a stake in almost everything yeah i mean when you hear tencent you're like oh those guys are they're all over the place and so now it's like the pokemon company is working with tencent and it's just like oh look you guys okay. you know okay. you're collaborating uh it is the most disliked video of pokemon on youtube in history okay wow so so like it in my mind like when you, you when you first said like there it's like a moba style pokemon game i was like okay so you you've got like a pikachu and he's got some abilities you've got a a, a, a wiggly tough and he's got some abilities and i'm like okay i i see how you get there uh so i mean from that standpoint i could see how that sort of game with uh, an existing roster of hundreds of characters works yeah um Certainly, it seems like they have completely misread the room, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, it, it sort of seems as though there isn't really a, a great course correction that you could do off of this, you know, short of, hey, this game's not a MOBA anymore. It's a, it's a let's go whatever game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that sucks. It, it always sucks when something's built up as like this crazy good thing. And then it's just like, what, what, in what universe did you think this would be good? You know, given the community, it, 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 it sucks because it, it, it shows that there, there's a gap between where the, the developers think the community is and where the community actually is. I almost feel like that is an episode of, of in an entirety of itself, and something I'd love to pick your brain on there, Wes, because I actually feel that in a lot of cases. There is a gap between what the community wants and what the developer. I mean, and I, I actually don't even think that the developers, because I don't think necessarily you or you know. Sure. Yeah, I think I, there's I, <laughs> some people upstairs who were like, yeah, "Well, this game is, must have." I, use that word. I really shouldn't use that word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah so I, I, developers only have so much sway. And yeah. it's not that um, that much. No. No, not that much. But uh, w w one thing I will say on Pokemon Unite is that um, as a Pokemon fan, I, I am a little bit excited for it. I watched the, I watched the reveal, and it's, it's interesting. It has all the tie-ins that would fit. It is going to be developed by Tencent, and Tencent is... Uh, owns Riot Games, Riot Games runs, makes League of Legends League of Legends is a hugely successful game although it could be argued that it was better in, in its prime than it is now in a lot of cases however uh, at least it's in reliable hands and I think that is a really 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 big thing is that it's in reliable hands um, moving on though I apologize. I just wanted to point out um, how would we know how the quality of the game is if we have not tried it. That's what I always wanted to ask that. Yeah. The individuals. Yeah, I think it's going to be a wait and see, but yeah. And so, anyway, moving on there. Um, 
So what we have is uh, Halo Infinite had a trailer released. That's a little bit of a teaser video. And as a Halo fan, I'm rather, rather excited for this because it featured something that hasn't been in Halo for a very long time. Since Halo 3, in fact. So two Halo games have came out and this race has not been featured. The Banished are coming back into Halo. If you uh, have played the Halo Wars series, you would have faced them in Halo 2. Or sorry, Halo Wars 2. They're making a return. The setting is on a ring. And the Banished are the Brutes. So the Brutes are going to be returning back. And that is a glorious thing, I think, as a Halo fan. It's been Promethean battles and fighting elites and grunts over the last two games. And I've been rather bored with it. Halo 5. I struggle to get through Halo 5. I, I I I say this to you guys all the time, you know Halo Five. Ah, so it's uh it, it's good to know that Halo Six, uh, Halo Six, and as they're calling it Halo Infinite, I think they are trying to return to a lot of those base grassroots. What made the game fun? It was well, it was face off against those variety of races, right? When you're dealing with the flood, when you're dealing with the brutes, when you're dealing with the elites and the covenant and, and their side. What do you think there, Danny? So the the current makers, uh, it's three four three games. Is that what the maker? Three four, of yeah, three, see, four three industries. Yeah, three four three industries. Uh, see, they have a, a a character and and a license that is uh, iconic. It what it's what made Xbox so popular. Uh, and you know, it's sad to see that the last two entries have haven't been your your. Uh, you know, game of choice, uh, but you know they, they really need to see what what made the first three so great. Go back into and you know start playing it. Get get some ideas. Talk to Bungie maybe. Uh, you know, get get some in depth kind of thing. But uh, if it is done right, they have you know we'll have Halo back to its pedestal. Uh, it's been kind of knocked off of it uh, ever since uh, ever since they lost the uh, the rights and it moved studios. Um, but yeah, there, you know, we, we had it where, you know, everyone was talking about Halo. Halo was the, uh, was the golden eye of its time. Uh, and you know, it's, it's just the thing is if they can get back to the way that Bungie started their series, uh, you know, we, Halo and Master Chief will be a, a household name again. Um, and you know, I want to see it. I'm not an Xbox fan. You guys know I'm not. Uh, but I really do want to see it succeed. It was one of the only uh, Xbox games that I actually really love to play, uh, especially with friends and stuff. So if they can finally fix the issues of the last two games and make an awesome Halo game, uh, you know, every player will be happy, I think, from my from my, my uh, experience. Well, you there, Alex? I will have to go ahead and agree with Danny on this one. Uh, Every developer or every franchise has had their ups and downs, as we could all agree on this. If 343 Games can go back and see what made Halo great, then let's reintroduce that. <laughs> let's make Halo great again, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wes. I know you're disappointed. <laughs> but in, all, in all seriousness, I will say that every developer has been through this roller coaster. They had a great uh, run with specific games. I can say Mortal Kombat, I can say Street Fighter, I can say Diablo, I can say whatever, even Mario. 
and they were big titles. Then all of a sudden, somewhere in that time frame where they tried to experiment something new, it just did not exceed the expectations or meet mm-hmm. the expectations that they the fans thought they would. So that's where they basically say, okay, time to go back to the, the drawing board and see what we can do to make it great again. And lo and behold, if it's going to play like the previous games, I'm all for it. All in love with the game again. Your, your thoughts, Wes? Yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely excited to, to see that the, the Brutes are coming back. And it, honestly, when you said it, I hadn't really noticed that they weren't in Halo 4 and 5. Um, but also, like to, to be perfectly honest, until you said Prometheans, I couldn't tell you what the name of the enemy is in Halo 4 and 5. <laughs> like, the, 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 the direction they took it, like, the gameplay was intact, but the character was gone. Yeah. You know, like, the Covenant, was, it was, there was an immediate, you knew what the Covenant was when you started Halo 1. It was, you know, we've been at war with them for so long, we are losing. Like, it was okay. And, it, you know, it was continuously driven home that they're winning. They are winning. We are about to lose. Yeah. You know, we are about to be extinct. And then when you go from that to, hey, uh, Master Chief is a criminal now or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> but you also know that he's not. It, it, like, none of that story, none of that had any interesting elements to it it didn't have interesting enemies the the games were gorgeous like halo 4 and 5 are are beautiful looking games they play great but everything that made halo so special is just gone like it's not there so uh for for me like to hear that yeah okay the brutes are coming back yeah let's bring the flood back yeah let's bring the covenant back throw that all that promethean shit away because they're an uninteresting enemy uh, and and I like I said I couldn't even tell you what they want I don't know what they're doing who cares and if I if I don't care while I'm fighting them then I'm sure as fuck not gonna care when you bring out another game with them yeah <laughs> you know you know I, I really feel that what they tried to do with those is making them their own identity at three four three took over at four and the Prometheans were for those unfamiliar they're the ones that made the rings. They're the ones that did all of that. So they were they were supposed to be this extinct race almost that was the before and you had your covenant flood. So when I feel it's a, a very, very uh wrong step there. And again, another example of not listening to your fan base, I feel. But uh moving on, because we got a lot more to cover here, not as much time. Um uh, gonna go quickly with these next uh, n- next couple here uh to get through them. Um but uh, let's see what we got here. Whoop. Um, all right, so Last of Us Part 2 is the fastest selling PlayStation 4 exclusive title ever. Uh, I, I don't really find this as much of a surprise. Have either of you been able to play this? Gonna start with you first, Wes. Uh, yeah, I've, I've put a, a few hours into it. Um, it is both kind of exactly what I expected and, and in some ways not what I expected. Um, it's yeah, I mean it's it's a Last of Us game. Um, it's it again. I, I'm gonna say this about this game. It, it's a beautiful looking game. Um, it's it's an incredible looking game. There's a a part shortly after sort of the main impetus for Ellie's story. After that occurs, where you are uh, playing as Ellie, and it just my my jaw hit the floor when the the scene loaded up. It just looked incredible. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a great game. It's a it's a Naughty Dog game. In, in all honesty, it's not hitting me quite as uh, quite as much as as the Uncharted games have. Um, so I I don't know if I'm necessarily going to rank this one as as high or as 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 not one of Naughty Dog's best. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not surprising. This has been a hyped game for for a number of years. So to see it sell like crazy isn't a surprise mm -hmm. what do you think alex it is a beautiful game i enjoyed uh when we had the episode of game on to observe the last of us 2 um i just like what wes said laying eyes on it it looked amazing great detail great voice acting great presentation uh, it doesn't come to a surprise to me that it sold how much it had to sell or what they've sold so far um, I personally have not played it yet, but I've watched the story myself, and I was very into the game. Like, I know I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't wish to spoil anything, but the story I thought was fan it was really good, very well done. And Danny, what do you think? Uh, yeah, uh, I have to say I was actually shocked with the with the news. Not shocked that it reached the uh, limit, but shocked because of the huge backlash that the game has had um, with fans and stuff. So, uh, yeah, seeing that, you know, it's it's the uh, it's the top selling uh, PlayStation game uh, well, exclusive ever. Uh, that's a pretty big step because it took Spider-Man out of the uh, out of the uh, the top spot. Um, but it's Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog makes some great games. Um, like Wes says, I'm a huge fan of Uncharted. Um, and you know, uh, I haven't played the game myself, though I have a lot of people who uh, who are currently playing. They're very happy with the game, so uh, it's always nice to see the uh, hard work uh, earning the money. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm going to read off the next little couple of, uh, little uh, bits here, just so we can get to our break, and then after our break, we will be discussing open world games. So, just to quickly read off a couple of these. Um, we have Microsoft to permanently close all but four of their physical stores. They're making, uh, there's four stores they're going to be keeping up to make their Microsoft experience centers. Uh, one of those in North America is in New York. And other than that, they're going to be closing all of their physical stores down. That means they will not be selling any physical games there or anything of the sort. A Ubisoft CEO has responded to the company's sexual misconduct reports, obviously with everything going on in the world uh, there's a lot of allegations that are rising up from the past and ubisoft ceo has responded two of their executives have been placed on leave more have been suspended and there is uh, some cleaning of house going on and not only ubisoft but a lot of other uh, companies as well and there's likely more to be coming out as well i know uh, the dying light uh, writer has been kicked off as well um a lot, a lot going on there uh, Harry Potter RPGs reportedly coming to the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. This game has been in development for a little bit of a while now, and it's not surprising that they're waiting until the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X to release this and the full potential. A game that's in a wizardry world sounds like a lot of fun. Last one, we are, we got two more here. Speaking of Ubisoft earlier, uh, Hyperscape. Ubisoft is reportedly re ready to reveal a new Battle Royale. So another game is going to be entering into the Battle Royale scene. This one by Ubisoft. There's not, not a whole lot of details on it, but hopefully they're going to be revealing it soon. 
And once they do, we'll know more about it when they do. Uh, there's an Xbox Series S in development. It's like the X, but it's going to be less powered. It's going to be coming out in August. There's going to be more details on that, but basically it just has to do with less frame rates. It's going to have less processing power. It's going to have less memory inside. So there's going to be differences. It's going to be a more affordable console as compared to the X. But then it begs the question, what's the X going to be priced at? And lastly, Call of Duty Warzone update has added up to 200 players in their battle royales and a juggernaut mode. 200 player battle royale, that sounds like a glorious bloody time. And uh, on that one, though, I'm going to quickly go around. What do you guys think about a 200 player battle royale, Wes? Uh, I mean, I did that, uh, what was it, mag on the PS3. It was 256 players. Uh, it was not as exciting as I had thought it would be. Alex. That, that, that's all I got. <laughs> Way too much for me. Like, I'll probably get in there, get killed right away, and then that's about it for me. <laughs> too much for my taste. Danny. Uh, yeah, the same with the guys. Uh, you know, the, it's great to have a lot, uh, you know, uh, a great amount of players, but that is exceeding the limits a little too much. Uh, it's instant kill, like Alex said. Uh, from a technical standpoint, though, I kind of want to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I discussed this before with a few of you, but I, uh, I, I actually do like those massive wars. I'd love to see a massive spaceship battle. Give me like 200 on 200 spaceship battle. Star Wars, come on, Star Wars squadrons. Update yourself <laughs> one day. I want to have a massive space battle. You can do it. I want it. You know, make you know, make a Star Wars battle royale. I don't know. They'll probably will. I'm surprised they haven't already. Oh, geez. You know what? They're, they're probably listening right now. They'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, guys, we are going to be heading to our break. And once we're back from our break, we're going to be discussing open world games, the pros, the cons. Are they the best suit for every single gaming franchise? Some of us might think so. I definitely know some of us don't. We'll be back in a few minutes. everyone welcome back to player to player here at during northerners where we talk about the weekly gaming news and a topic every week between us here as the hosts in case you missed it earlier we talked about the weekly news of the week joining me are my co-hosts wes how's it going <laughs> danny hey guys welcome back and I, I got we got alex back again this week with us howdy and uh, again, the first half we talked about the gaming news. Now we're going to be talking about our topic of discussion of the week, and that is open world games. So to lead us in here, open world games have obviously been something that with the latest growing technologies, we've seen an increasing amount of games deviating towards this. Grand Theft Auto kind of began setting the standard in the beginning in terms of open world games, that ability to go anywhere while you're playing the game beforehand a lot of games fable legend of zelda mario everything was very rigid very follow the path first person shooters were even like that now you're getting games such as division where if they're a third person shooter game now has an open world aspect where you can go almost anywhere grand theft auto 5 has a massive map you have elder scrolls skyrim you have the fallout series there are a lot of games that are going open world and more still final fantasy 15 went open world in their latest iteration of the game so there are a lot of games going open world however it's not necessarily the best thing for every franchise to do 
Diablo 4 has also just announced that they're going into a, an open world concept, but is that really the best thing for a game like Diablo? So, before, uh, so the topics that we're going to be going on tonight are pros and cons, uh, so that's what we're going to be going with first, and I'm going to be throwing this down to Danny. Um, I want you to try and think of a pro for open world games. Tell okay. us why open world games are so awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Wes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think one of the pros about uh, an open world game is that uh, it, it's expansive, right? So you're purchasing a game. I'm going to use reference of Skyrim because that's that's the one that I've played. Um, not to the extent as much as you guys probably have over the years, but uh, you know, there the, <laughs> there's always something going on, right? It, it's it's a game that you could be playing hours and hours, or you know, years and years. And you might have, you know, just found something that uh, that you never saw before, or you never, uh, you know, got to that part of the of the map. Um, an, for for uh, an open world game uh, and its audience, uh, you really need people who who invest a lot of time uh, and you know really really love uh, being able to uh, go anywhere, like you said, and in, uh, in our intro there. Um, but yeah, that's one of the pros I think is that, uh, it, it's, it's a game, a genre that, uh, lasts you for a long, long time. I, I think that is my pro for me. Alex. I, 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 I assume he was saying Alex. Uh, Alex. Yep. yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're live people. Um, I would agree with Danny on this one. Like you like, the, I like the idea of an expansive, like the expansion open world titles. Like you're right. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas to my knowledge was incredibly huge for a PS2 title for P or PC back in the day. And then the point being, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rambling like this, but um, it's quality over quantity is what i'm thinking quality over quantity if done correctly i would definitely seek an interest to explore pretty much everywhere i can in like where, whether it's san andreas liberty city or the world of skyrim and i am looking forward to an open world diablo 4 i'm looking forward to that something that i could expand on the lore i could understand the history of tristram or whatever uh, sorry whatever world our story that we're exploring in Diablo in the Diablo world. All right. So, would you say that your pro is then exploration? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so expansiveness, Danny's pro, and then we have exploration from Alex. Wes, what would you say is yours? I, I think for me, like the, and this is something we've kind of seen in the last few years, as just the power of the of the, the consoles and PCs has has really grown. Um, is just the the amount of life that there is in these worlds where it, it doesn't feel like so static anymore, where, it, you know, it feels as though there are, they, they always talked about like uh, in, in uh, oblivion where it was like, Oh, the, the, everyone has their schedule and they're, they're doing their day-to-day -day lives. Now it's actually feeling as though that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. Like the, when you walk around a city in in, you know, Assassin's Creed or, or what have you, or, or Grand Theft Auto, where it feels as though those people are actually going about their day-to-day or even just down to uh, like I, I've been playing a bit of of Monster Hunter World, where I go out into that world and there's so much endemic life, there's so much uh, going on just 
around me that has nothing to do with me that it it feels as though i've i've entered that that really uh living breathing world and and that there's all sorts of stuff going on that you know is just kind of off on the periphery but really just brings that that entire game to life absolutely i mean grand theft auto is an example you can be walking down the street and someone's sitting there on the phone and there's an actual conversation because it's, there's a scripted conversation that they've put in um the witcher is another fantastic series where you're just walking by down the street and you'll have another conversation um for me my pro has to be side quests uh, i love side quests i think side quests are great um mostly because it, it kind of ties on a lot of things it's very, they're very lore based many times they're you're learning little bits you know tidbits of lore here and there going to a burnt down church going to a old ruin you're going here um a lot of them are fun too and then you can also get uh, you know, some of the run of the mill go here kill your 10 wolves kind of side quests but uh i've always enjoyed doing quests and the more quests that there are to be able to do to be able to influence you know raising up a town's reputation towards you or anything of that sort um that's yeah it's my biggest pro for open world games um Danny, do you have another pro the uh, uh to your mind you want to pass <laughs> uh i'm gonna pass because you guys know that uh, I, I basically, uh, that was my one and only pro I could think of at the moment. Alright, what about you there, Alex? I gotta say, the exploration, like I said, if done right, I would invest my time into going into the open world. Because that's another thing that um, developers need to realize is, make it interesting, give me a reason to explore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What about you there, Wes? Uh yeah, I mean I, nothing else that that hasn't already been covered uh, is kind of is kind of leaping to mind. Um, it, it, you know it, it I the one I, I guess the one thing just kind of off the top of my head here, so it, it's not going to be a fully formed thought. Uh, is some of the 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 earlier um, Ubisoft open open world games like in and around like the Far Cry three, uh, Assassin's Creed two sort of time frame. Uh, where they started to kind of nail on that formula of exploring and, and kind of unlocking part, portions of the map and opening up new mm -hmm. uh, new side quests, new activities, and that kind of thing uh, that they then ran into the ground with every game they produced, uh, including a driving game. Um, Crew. That, like, that when, they, when that first started to come out, it just... It, it, felt like I was actually having some sort of control over the way that my my path through the game was was going beyond just okay there's a quest to go over here there's a quest to go over here it was oh okay I can go like climb that tower open up these activities and go do some there because this this area is interesting to me mm -hmm. um and and I you know that that was something that I really enjoyed at the time I can't stand it anymore because I've done it so many goddamn times. Um, but uh, but at, at the time, that's it really seemed like a pro for that sort of format. Yeah, I've, I've got actually two here. Um, so the first one uh, is freedom. Um, I think that there is a huge freedom that open world games give you that ability to press pause and stop 
the pathway you know when, when you're playing a game that is going down a railroad that is it once you beat the story there's there's little else there's no ability to pause well i want to step off the side of the road here and i want to go look in the grass like one of the biggest complaints for me in the pokemon games is that a pokemon sword and shield like the isle of armor dlc is the most is the biggest that's the Isle of Armor DLC that just came out really showcases what Pokemon could be. And with the entire island being able to you know, visit and every corner of it pretty much being able to go to, um, it, it's really opened up and it makes, again, a lot of what we've already said, you know, the, you know, the, the exploration and the creatures, the living world. But it, it, that that you know that is something that is uh, you know showcased it and it allows that freedom to really go anywhere and and go over to that corner go down that river do those things um before you couldn't do that that was very path driven but, but prior to the isle of armor dlc coming out if you're going through the storyline for those pokemon games it is you're walking down the path you can't go off to the bush and check behind that tree to see if there's anything there roll your camera around at 360 angle you couldn't do those things i find that in open world games there's a big big freedom grand theft auto 5 man like that is a game that is almost the, like, the definition of open world freedom it's like what do you want to do today oh like I, I log in grand theft auto and my phone buzzes because it's like here's six different races you can do here's eight missions sent to you by npcs in the game here's three other things for you to go do over here if you really wanted to do them and then you'll have to do any of those you know it, 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 you can really just do when you log in you want to go around shoot some things shoot some things up go ahead you want to go on racing go ahead you want to get on fly a plane go ahead boat go ahead um i think that's what gets it for me in open world games skyrim does the same thing you can walk down the path and it's like you know what i i feel like butchering the town today and you can just walk in and butcher the town and that's the story <laughs> and that's it that's all she wrote um another Tuesday, right Saronic? right just another one there um and my second one that i'm going to add on is and this is more a bit of a futuristic take on it but to me open world games really allow us an, a early glimpse at almost virtual reality in a way because the only thing missing is putting our head piece on the world's there like like they have now been able to make worlds they can make worlds uh, playstation 5 showcased that with the ratchet trailer where they're teleporting through those rifts and i mean that is the loading screen towards another world so i mean now virtual reality is going to get to the point or it at least opens that door for virtual reality to get to the point where you can put on that headset and be transported to another world that you're not on a railroad where you can walk around that tree walk over to that rock and river and touch the water and do those kind of things and i think it takes having the technology obviously to make that entire world with a day night cycle there's the, the rays shining the rays of light shining down through the trees reflections there's a lot that goes on a lot that goes on um so those would be uh, my two last closing pros for open world games and danny i'm going to give you the floor here uh give you the floor to start it off for the pros i'm going to give you the floor to start it off for the cons what is your biggest con or an open world game well uh it's actually something you really love i hate side quests 
Um, and I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go into detail of why I hate them. Um, uh, you guys like uh, like yeah, you know if you've watched our previous uh, shows, uh, you guys know I have no interest in open world games. Uh, though there are a few that uh, that are tolerable. Um, like as of now, I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles Two, uh, which is classified as an open world game, uh, and it's expansive and it's it's not as big as Skyrim or some of the other ones you guys have played, but uh, it is an open world game. Um, the the reason why I I hate side quests is that I'm a very um, packed guy with games i i have games that i'm trying to complete and you know having open world games uh takes forever and i'm one of those guys who love to start a game play through the story enjoy the story and finish um and you know that there there are parts of side quests that just make no sense to me uh think of me of monster hunter and it's stuff like uh collecting herbs that uh, you have no idea where the heck these things are takes you hours or it takes you a google search to find them um the yeah the other one i'm a huge batman fan you guys know i love dc comics uh the batman uh arkham games um the the first one wasn't so bad you had you know uh the side quests of collecting the riddler's uh, trophies and such uh and then it kind of it's like spewed out of control with Arkham City and Arkham Knight, where basically the actual game and the actual story was condensed so much into uh, into like a three hour play. If you didn't do any of the side quests, uh, I, I for me personally, I would got I I like to see it where uh, side quests be involved into the story. Like uh, you know, you need a certain piece of tech to get it further into, uh, like using Batman as a reference, uh, getting it, you know, through the next part of the story mode. Uh, but, like, when I when I completed Arkham City, uh, yeah, Arkham City, uh, like I said, I finished the main story in not even four hours. That That's a real letdown. Uh, like I said, for me, I, I, I like a game that has a long story, uh, that's an expansive story throughout the... Uh, the time play and uh yeah like i don't know i just find side quests in my opinion jake is just it there's so much to it that doesn't make any sense and it's a chore to uh to get through it sometimes makes me uh you know either sell the game to you or, <laughs> or find uh, someone who's uh who's interested in that game and uh you know make their day kind of thing that that to me is my hugest thing about uh open world games i I love the expansive i love the exploring uh and you guys have touched on it you know there's a lot of games that are very beautiful that uh uh, grand theft auto was my first uh open world game um breath of the wild was was an open game and uh, i i literally i like the story but i can't stand the game Uh, i just don't like i i like the format that it's been throughout the years where uh it's classified as an open kind of world though you know you it's still very linear uh i think that open world games are great if there's a lot if it's like grand theft auto in a city take art uh take uh, uh assassin's creed origins uh i love the assassin's creed games i love the 
I love the uh, period that they've done it with ancient Egypt. The only trouble with that game is that most of it takes place in a desert with nothing around, and you're just traveling into a desert for hours and hours and hours trying to find this one thing. Uh, and yeah, it, like it, it's great for certain points of the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I can definitely hear you there. What about you, Alex? Holy crap, you took the points that I wanted to say. <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, I have to say I do agree with Danny. I I like to say, in the beginning, side quests for me was great. Like it's just like, oh cool, this uh, side quest. As long as it's beneficial for me, for if you have the item I want, that'll make my job easier in the main storyline. Fantastic. But if you just want me to collect some chickens and bring it back to your coop and you're going to give me like 50 gold for it, then that was a waste of my freaking time. That's an example. <laughs> That's Ooh. an example. But um, some side quests, as long as it's necessary and beneficial for if it's going to help me, great. I'd like to have, do a side quest or two. But I got to say with Danny, like quality over quantity is what I have to say to that. What would you say is a con of uh, open world games, though? Or, or, or your pair, or you just want to side with Danny on his? I'm going to say too huge. I did take up a lot. <laughs> I want to say too huge. Too huge. Uh, if it's way too big and it's empty, for example, like a desolate sands is a, probably a great example. Mm -hmm. Like Assassin's Creed Origins, when I saw Westplate, for example, I'm just looking at it, I'm thinking. Okay, like great view and everything, but is there something here that's useful to me if I was to play, if I was to explore myself? What about you, Wes? Uh, I'm I'm gonna start just just completely aside. I have put like 95 hours into Assassin's Creed Origins, <laughs> and I I don't really want to touch an Assassin's Creed game for a while. Uh, okay, anyway. I, I think the the biggest thing for me that that's always kind of I, it it doesn't it doesn't bother me it doesn't detract from the game for me but I always feel like that it's this this big issue with with open world games is the way that the the story whether it be a side quest whether it be a main uh, a main quest the way that mixes with the open world gameplay um, and and I've got uh, like the, the the one thing that is always getting me is like there's no real or there hasn't been a really good way of doing urgency you know where it's like you go and do you know you start a, a quest whether again whether it be side or, or main story and it's like oh this person you know they just kidnapped this you know my my girlfriend my daughter my wife whatever whatever trope kind of thing you know go get them and it's you know i'll, I'll like find her and bring her back and it's like okay um I'm going to go over here because I, I think I saw like a thermos that I can collect. And I, you know, there's some flags for Assassin's Creed. I, there's like 700 of those I got to get. Right. I'll come back in about, I don't know, 35 hours or something like that. Whatever. You know, there's no real rush on this. And yeah. that, that permeates regardless. Um, the other thing that really bothers me is the way and, and the, Grand Theft Auto 4 did this in a way that I do not like Grand Theft Auto 4 because of it. Um, they were telling a story with with Nico Bellic about 
him coming to America and wanting to live the American dream and escaping this this life that he was living back home and how he was this horrible person who was horribly violent and committing all these crimes. And within 20 minutes of stepping off the goddamn boat, Full I'm throttle. already doing that because the game lets me. You know, as soon as the game let me go drive a car, I drove down the sidewalk. Like, dude's been off the boat saying that he wants this this new life, and it that doesn't impact me in any way. Yeah. You know, and it didn't impact the story in any way. The, I, I remember this very clearly that I had a, a, a mission for someone one time and you know they, they tell you they want to they do all they want him to do all these sorts of things and he's like you know I'm that's not the life I want for myself and you know it was like blow up a school bus full of, full of nuns or something like that and you know the Jesus. yeah it's a reasonable request but he doesn't want to do it and he he's like I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars to do it or something like that and he turns to him, he's like, no, you give me $2,000. And he's like, oh, all right, you, you know, you drive a higher, hard bargain, but yeah, okay, you do this for me and I'll, I'll pay you $2,000. And then I went, it gave me control again, and I looked up at the corner of the screen of how much money I had. I had $150,000 on me. Like, who the fuck cares about $2,000? Yeah. The, the way that those... The, the the quests and the world mix is getting better but still isn't quite there and that's the stuff that always drives me nuts where it's like hey my character really wants to do this yeah well as the player i can do whatever the fuck i want <laughs> you know i and they fixed a lot of this in grand theft auto 5 i'm going to point this out that all of the characters are criminals and they want to be criminals uh and you've got trevor who is a goddamn psychopath and it all made sense yeah, but Nico just drove me nuts because it just it did not make sense for him to be the main character of that game. No, especially since he wanted out of the life of crime, and yet he dove headlong into it. Um, mine has to probably go towards time. I know you guys kind of touched on this. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper. A lot of these open world games take an incredible amount of time to beat and I've actually found myself not really completing a lot of open world games. Skyrim, I've beaten Skyrim, but I've tried going back and playing through it again and again and again and I get to about 50%, 60%, 70% and then it's like man I'm like 100 hours into this thing. <laughs> You kind of touched on it there as well, Wes, when you said, you know, when you play Assassin's Creed Origins, you're up at 95 hours. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's another one where it's open world, and that game I have probably sank in, I'd have to double check for like the exact numbers, I'm going off memory here, so don't, don't quote me, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it's about 140 or 150 hours I've put into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And that's traveling the islands. I haven't even, I have not even, with 150 hours played, visited every island, vis synchronized every spot. I have just simply not done those things. I have not I been able to get around. I have the game on my desk, still sealed, and you are making me not want to ever open this game. But you know what? <laughs> it, it, it's such a good game. It is, it is such an amazing game, and every aspect of it is amazing. It's just, there's just so much and you know 
it, it, it's difficult because you, you know you as a developer you want the players to be able to experience everything but at the same time the players want this massive open world ubisoft to kind of lean in danny's way here they've actually shrank the size of assassin's creed valhalla now valhalla is coming out after odyssey and after origin so you'd say so you normally you'd think so wait your map's smaller than your predecessors they're making the map smaller because their data and their math is that most people didn't actually get around to exploring a lot of those places so it's it's just one of those things that is an open world really the best possible thing for every game um i personally think that assassin's creed i i like the direction but origins as an example i didn't beat and largely because it was a desert it was boring it was really difficult to travel around origins odyssey much easier you had the water you had the rock terrain you had Greece, uh, a much more pleasant place to look at than a desert so there's noticeable differences there. There's some um, crazy shit in that desert. I'm just, I'm just gonna say, yeah, there's some crazy shit that goes on in that desert. In That's, the middle of nowhere, there's a lot of shit that goes on. Yeah, some some shit happened to me in that desert. I'm just, go on. But so, and after Skyrim, Fallout, uh, Fallout Four, I have not beat. Same same thing. I got to about level thirty seven, thirty eight in Fallout, and at the time, Fallout Four, I think the level cap was fifty. So again, just I fell off just right at the end. It's just, it, it, it's not that I. It, it's just that, you know, I, 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 kind of where Danny had mentioned earlier too. You have such a plethora of games that you want to get around to, and there's other titles coming out. And every week these days has, you know, there, there's like three or four games coming out every week. And I mean, if you're wanting to play the indie games and you're wanting to play the new games, like how on earth do you play your catalog of games and all the new games coming out? especially when they're open world minecraft i mean like, like like these games you almost need to commit to like a single like this is the only game i'm playing this is the only game i can play um and, and maybe that's a pro that we didn't touch on for open world games is that for people who can't afford to purchase a lot of games an open world game certainly packs a ton of gameplay for the same price that you would be paying for a story-based game that's only 30 or 40 hours. You know, Skyrim, you at least get 150, 200 hours, and you can milk that thing for like easily three to 500 if you really, really want to push it. So, but again, it's uh, that, that's where, that's where I find I find myself unable to get through to a lot of actually finishing off the games, the the, the open world games, even The Witcher Three. I tout The Witcher Three. I love playing The Witcher Three. But I am still working on the Blood and Wine DLC. Because it's just I'm 115 hours into the game and I'm having to return to the game to beat it. And so I'm already, you know, it's just, you know, I haven't relearned the control. I, I, there, there's a bunch of things, I, I think. But, I, you know, it's, that, 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 that's why I found it very difficult to actually get around to beating open world games when they're too big. And I don't know if there's a way to kind of fix that or not. Valhalla again, Ubisoft is shrinking the size of their map. So that I mean, at least test to them acknowledging the fact too that say that we're not noticing players are playing everything. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I I was gonna say like I I wonder if you guys kind of have this same 
feeling that I do when when I like when I finished Assassin's Creed Origins DLC because uh, I did all of that too. Um, I I needed a palate cleanser. I like I I, li- I looked at my games and I was like, okay, I don't want to play another another open world game. Like I just I cannot do it right now. Uh, and it, so I fired up Doom, and I was like, I'm just like I'm not even intending to finish it right now. I just I want a corridor. I want things moving that are trying to kill me, and I'm going to kill them, and that's 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 all I want. I want things stuck in the corridor with me for a little bit because I I just cannot open up another map and look at a bunch of icons and be like, okay, which which icon do I want to go get now? I definitely get that same you know cleansing of the palate kind of almost like you're eating a meal in a way you can only handle so much of something i i find that for every single gaming category though now at least this is for me but i can't play a first person shooter over and over and over and over and over again without me, without me saying okay you know what i'm, I'm a, little, a little toast of that um you almost need to in this day and age and i wonder if it's because I, and I, I don't really know. Maybe it's because we've become used to so many games coming out and we've stopped clinging on to just one title like we used to. Because we used to cling on to one title for a lot longer period of time, I think, than now. Games that, you know, you, know you, you would have a game have a cycle of around three or four years. Normally now it's down to about a year to try and increase that back up with DLC um, just with how quickly they're all coming out. But um, yeah, yeah, I I wonder how much of that is just a function of getting older. Like when I was a kid, I only got maybe two games a year that that my parents would buy me. I get one at Christmas and one on my birthday, kind of thing. And I had to make those things last. Uh, you know, those were games that if you were real damn good at it, you could finish it in five, ten, fifteen minutes because they were you know they were small games because that that that's all the systems could handle um whereas now like i've I've got the disposable income i can buy as many games as i as i kind of choose to i don't have the amount of time to do it and like i i'm legitimately worried that my backlog requires more hours than i have left on this earth (laughs) that's the thing you brought up too is that uh you know getting uh you know one or two games a year uh, you know, we you got to remember that uh, we're all at that age where you know, uh, games were only, uh, you know, uh, full price games compared to as of now, where you can go, uh, buy a, you know a digital game for sometimes two, three dollars or whatever whenever it's on sale, or if it's an indie title like I usually play, you know, you can get some good indie titles for a cheap price. Uh, back in those days, that didn't exist. If you were going to buy a game, you were paying full price for that game. And yeah, you had to make that game last uh, because, you know, your parents wouldn't, unless you had crazy, you know, money and you were rich when you were five years old, uh, you had to wait for your parents or a family member to buy, you know, that game for you. So yeah, games back then last a lot longer uh, compared to what we got now because, like you said, Jake, every week there seems to be a game that pops up. Whether it does good or not, that's uh, that's the other story. Yeah. What about you there, Alex? Anything to add? To go with Wes on this one, it's just uh, uh, we're getting older and we're having a lack of time to um, 
go through the open world game, so I have to go with that. I, like I said, get to the point. I want to get through this game myself. <laughs> yeah, I definitely find myself needing a, a, a handful of games. I got Fortnite for this fix. I've got Civ for kind of just chill. I've got Grand Theft Auto for zipping around. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. You know, got, got those games lined up. And uh, Pokemon even for chilling. I definitely feel like you got to have a few of those games in a rotation. Almost mood dependent. Um, I kind of feel the same way for watching movies. Like, I kind of have to be in a mood to watch a movie, or else I'm just not not for it. Nah, no, I can't. I can't just sit there. Um, we're gonna leave on. We're we're, we're, to, we're a little bit over our time here, so we're gonna get things wrapped up. But before we do, I'm gonna go around and have you guys. Um, what are your final thoughts on open world games? Just real quick. Uh, give me about 15, 30 seconds. Do you think that open world games need to continue? More games need to go the open world route, or do you think that open world games need to scale back and less games need to go the open world route? Danny. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I'm gonna do this in like a speed run. Uh, yeah, I think you know open world games are are gonna be around for a while. Uh, do every game need? Does every game need to be open world? Hell no. Uh, there are so many games that. I do not want to see hit an open world style. Uh, I I think we need uh, you know a mix of genres. We need to see the same game. Um, and uh, what was the last one you said? Uh, let's see if I can remember correctly. Okay, so yeah, I got those two points. And uh, for me personally, no, I I I, I don't um, I don't want to see that happen. That I just want to have a variety of game styles. Uh, and uh, you know, keep keep what was made the, that the way it was, keep it the way it is, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, not a fan of open world games. You guys know my my thing about that one. All right, Danny's for less. Yeah, yeah. Danny is for less open world games. What about you, Alex? Correctly, I would like to see an open world game. Nothing too huge yet nothing too little. Just give me the right amount that I can handle. So, not too many side quests, but just enough. Not too cold, not too hot, but just right. There you go, now you're speaking my language. Just (laughs) right. I didn't know we were doing with the... Little Red Riding Hood. Is it Little Red Riding Hood? I forget which one is. Goldilocks. There you go. <laughs> I'm I'm up on the nursery rhymes right now. <laughs> I, I, I I fell off. That was a few years ago for me. Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm still there. Well, but, but, um, sorry, but yeah, just um, not too much, not too little, just enough for me to under to enjoy it. All right, so more or less open world games. More open world games, but done just right. The more Wes. Uh, I I don't necessarily want more open world games. Uh, I kind of feel like like a lot of the the AAA stuff is is doing the open world stuff because that's the flavor of the the generation, I guess. Um, I I guess the the thing that I I really enjoy seeing is is some of the really sort of sort of interesting takes on the open world stuff i Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed uh like breath of the wild in terms of that like 
desolation and that isolation, that feeling of wandering a, a, a nearly dead world, I thought was very interesting. I like, you know, seeing like something like uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, where it's uh, a collapsed civilization that nature is taking over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing just, hey, here's this sprawling metropolis. I'm very excited to see what uh, what uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has. Uh, I loved The Witcher 3. I put 150 hours into it and didn't touch the DLC. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think there's I think there's some cool things that are that are being done in that open world space. But yeah, like like I said, I mean, those games have just gotten so huge that there's nothing wrong with shrinking things down and maybe focusing a little more. Uh, I, I, I recently finished Resident Evil 3. Took me like five hours. I was good. I finished that game. I'm like, awesome. That was a fun time. I can move on to something else. I, I did something different. Um, so yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to see more, but I'm open to, you know, to see what ideas are out there to, to take something that's generally not and make it open world. So we kind of got ourselves uh, heading into heading into me a bit of a tiebreaker. We got one for more. We got one on the fence, and we got one for no. Um, I'm I'm kind of gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with yes for more open world games myself. But kind of taking uh, a a little bit a little bit from everybody, especially uh, uh, Alex and Wes here, in that there's a way for these games to be done right, and I think that they're a little bit too big right now, and if it's not a little bit too big, I think that another issue is that, like with Grand Theft Auto V as an example, you've got the city to go with in the bottom of the map, but right off the get-go, you can hop in a car and boogie all the way north. And I, I think that what they should try and do is, is a little bit more of, again, like, you, The Witcher did a really good job. Like, you can only go to certain areas as the story progresses. Like, you don't just get to go to everywhere. And I think that you can have an open-world game that eases players into regions and into areas and using that for, using that as opposed to just here you go here's everything skyrim did that fallout does that you can just go everywhere it, it, it's very overwhelming um however i do like seeing games going more open world i'd love to see more games take that open world pokemon is a big one that i would love to see hey you go open world go do it fable the next fable game i want that to be open world i don't want the, that to be corridored um, I think there's a lot of benefits to to open world games, and with with certain types of games, RPGs mostly, I find that that there are many benefits to that open world structure, living, breathing worlds, et cetera, et cetera, as we've talked about tonight. But again, I, I don't think that every single game is the best for it. You know, uh, Forza Horizon is a racing game that I think is bloody phenomenal i think that is an absolutely amazing racing game what they've done with that series the horizon series because they've taken an open world you know kind of what you were saying there westward it's like you're reimagining a series in an open world concept that had never really been done before they're driving your car on hills and through farmers fields and why that was like a you know motocross game not a you wouldn't find that in a regular release but now that is um yeah i mean that is where that's where I'm going to have to leave it off on in that, yes, I want more open world games, but it, not every single type of game is the best for it. 
There obviously are still some that should not be open world games, but to more open world games. But done right too, as Alex said, because I have a struggle. I struggled around to get beating them and completing open world games. But uh, that is it for tonight on Player to Player. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And whether you're hearing us on one of the different podcast sites, YouTube, or on Twitch, thank you for following us. Please click the subscribe button, the bells, the follows, any of those buttons. Reach us on our social media as a Nerdy Northerners. Join in our Nordling hub over on Facebook. And you can visit our website at nerdynorthers.com to learn more about us, more about our shows. It's been great chatting with you, gents, as it always is. And next Monday, we will be back discussing something good. Um, we're going to leave that for a little bit of secretness until next Monday. However, I will not actually be here. I'll be on vacation for the next two weeks. So, going to be interesting to see how... Uh, oh, I won't be running things. So... <laughs> Someone's going to be doing something. Right, going to be doing something, but you guys will have fun over the next couple of weeks chatting it up. I, I might be able to be able to uh, drop in over uh, the Discord, at least by voice. I might be able to do voice. Video I definitely won't be able to do, but perhaps voice. But uh, yeah, it's always been a great chat with you guys, and next Monday, join us as we here at Player to Player talk more about the gaming news and a topic about the industry that we want to cover with our collective minds. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a good night.